Hey, welcome to another episode of Seeking First. I'm Shayna Harvey, and I am proud to present to you a new episode today from the Money on Purpose series. Uh, We're going to have Tamara Nicholas, uh, who's one of my clients, uh, on the line with us. So let's go ahead and get Tamara on the line. Hey, Tamara? Yes. Hey there. How are you? I'm good. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Is Tamara Nicholas. Uh, Say hi to the people. Hello. (laughs) Um, Tamara Nicholas is a resident of Philadelphia, um, West Philly in particular. Yes. She went to Overbrook High School, um, where my parents actually also went. So I have fond uh, affiliation with Overbrook. (laughs) Um, She then went to Bethune-Cookman and studied educational studies and psychology. So you got two degrees, yeah? Yeah, two degrees. They said, stay an extra semester. I said, why not while I'm here, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Why not? Just get that extra piece of paper and... Hopefully, it'll lead to something. Uh, She then got an MBA from Strayer University in project management and right now is a merchandise coordinator at TJX Companies, which uh, is TJ Maxx and all of the companies that they uh, work for. So tell us a little bit about what that means. What do you do? So I'm a merchandise coordinator, and that basically means I uh, do all the fancy displays, the tables. uh, We have walls, and I do it across all the stores in the brand. So while my home base is HomeSense, I do do, like, all their other stores, like TJ Maxx, Marshalls, HomeGoods, and uh, anywhere that uh, when they open a new store, I go and, you know, merchandise and help them get set in and teach the standards and things like that. Oh, that's cool. So that you're responsible for the reason why people want to buy stuff because it's the way it's laid laid out. I guess that's yeah, the idea. Huh? Yeah, we try to create a vision. Okay. Like, <laughs> like you would look good in this, and you're like, yes, I think I would. <laughs> so I'll blame you next time I see something out there and be like, you know what, I wasn't gonna buy this, but but now, now I think I would. Jesus, you know, like. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. (laughs) So that's cool. Um, So today we are here still in our Money on Purpose series, and I'm interviewing people with various financial personalities. There are five of them that I'm going to uh, interview in total. We've already talked about the security seeker. We've talked about the saver. We've talked about the flyer. uh, And now we are here to talk about the risk taker. Uh, those who like to take risk and Tamara came out as a risk taker. Um, And we're going to talk a little bit about what that means in her life and uh, also how this affects our finances in general. I will say that Tamara has been a client of mine since I think it's like 2011 or so. Yeah. It's been a while. Yeah. Something. It's been a while. Um, So I can vouch for Uh, what she's saying. I've seen this aspect of her personality. And once I start uh, going through some of what this means, uh, you too will understand what this means. For risk takers, uh, the thrill of a money challenge isn't the possibility for a huge payout. It comes from taking the risk in the first place. Even if they never hit it big, risk takers never give up on following that rush they get from trying out a new idea. Even if it costs them everything, it's just how they're wired. Yeah, that's describe you. 
<laughs> so you kind of get a rush from uh, taking the risk itself. Yeah. Oh, nice. And I can relate to that. I know that um, my primary personality, I was a, a risk taker and a saver. Uh, saver risk taker, I think, was my, my primary um, but it is a rush, like just having an idea and then executing it just to see if it's going to work. Yeah, it feels um, good. Like when you try something and you don't know how it works out and it works out, you're always like, yes, okay, yeah. It encourages you to do more. <laughs> it is kind of like <laughs> a rush. Yeah, it's like a, a rush. Like I, I've had a million different ideas and I was just thinking this morning, I'm always coming up with random ideas for stuff that I want to see if it, it'll work. Like when I was in college, I used to want a food truck um, and I wanted to, to start it um, because there was no turkey uh, products on, on the food trucks that were around Temple's campus at the time. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to start a food truck and call it Where's the Beef <laughs> um, and make it all turkey products. <laughs> but I'm constantly thinking of business ideas and um, taking a shot just to see if it'll work. Um, When's the last time you had like a random idea and you just did it just to see what was going to happen? <laughs> I mean, all the time. I mean, <laughs> last week <laughs> I had a random idea with a couple of my, I had a random idea. I was like, you know, I like to travel. All of my friends like to travel. So I started talking to them. I was like, we should form a travel group. We should, you know, not just travel ourselves, but invite other people and, you know, figure out ways to do this. And, you know, we're just in the process and we just kind of like are kind of like bouncing ideas around right now to try to figure out a way to kind of like do this and you know make money because you know we just like to we wanted to do what we like to do and we're going to figure out how to do it <laughs> nice <laughs> now how many people are in this group? so right now it's about five of us and okay. we've traveled together we've done maybe about four or five vacations together and you know we're like and we every vacation we invite somebody new so we're like why wouldn't why shouldn't we be enlarging this group perhaps our vacations will be cheaper you know like worse come to worse you know uh, we still have the same vacations and we still have a great time so <laughs> right 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 nice yeah why not if you can save some money you can have some, just to see if it yeah maybe it doesn't who knows but it's kind of fun just to think about the possibility right, right, right. and then to say, all right, well, well let's see what happens. Cause if it works <laughs> out, it's awesome. And if it doesn't, eh, at least you, you were going to take a trip anyway. <laughs> so yeah. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. I kind of live by that motto. The worst somebody can say is no, the worst that can happen is it doesn't work out. And if I never tried it, it's then I'm no worse for the wear if it doesn't work out, you know? Right, right. Now, are you that person in your friend group? Like, are you always the one to come up with ideas? Or are there are you are with other people who are like that? Too? I try to surround myself with like minded people. But at the same time, we do it. I do keep a couple people in my friend group who are kind of like, well, wait a minute, you've gone too far. Let's reel that in and think about some <laughs> details. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, because you, you definitely need some balance. Right. Because taking a risk all the time probably will lead to financial ruin. If you're like, yeah, let, I don't know how this is going to work out. Let me just see. Um, and now you're out of money. So. Right. Well, I mean, for me, I definitely believe in taking a risk, but I have a strict budget, so I can only risk so much. Like, it's a philosophy mm. I was raised on where, you know, do what you have to, and then you can do what you want. So I definitely keep a budget and, you know, a certain amount. So after everything's paid, what I have less, let's 
throw it out there. See what happens. Let's see if it'll work. <laughs> so this but. is this is post bill paying. Uh, so you're not like going out there and gambling all your mortgage money on you know a chance. You you pay that first, and then you're like, okay, well, what's left? Let's play. Right, right, right. Okay, yeah. Well, at least you're responsible with it because some people probably would not be that responsible. Uh, now, it also says that of risk takers, they're conceptual thinkers. So they're not worried about a lot of detail. They're not hung up on how you're going to get this done. Instead, they just get a beat on something, whatever it is, a business opportunity, investment option, a real estate deal, and they just move fast. Are you, is that describing you too? Yeah, absolutely. My mother always says, you're so quick. You're just so fast. Because I'm always like, <laughs> well, yeah, let's go. Let's jump on it right now. Let's see how we can make this happen. Who do I know? What's in place? You know, like, how can I make this yeah. work as quickly as possible? You know? <laughs> right, right, right. So, yeah, details don't really matter. Like, once I know for me, once I'm excited about something, it's really hard to give me facts. Right. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that might be true, but what if it works out? Like, I mean, I get what you're saying, but this is the other side of this, like, you know. <laughs> right. Like, if you don't take a chance, then what? Like, you know, I have, I've learned over the years to try to reel myself in from such things, but um, I'm definitely, once I get excited about something and I think it can really work, then I'm off and running. Um, and I have learned to keep people around me who can talk me out of stuff um, in a good way, in a healthy way. Uh, sometimes I listen and sometimes I don't. Yeah, I mean, the idea of saving and having a certain budget and paying things before I took that risk is something that I kind of had to learn and that came with personal growth and financial growth. And then I was like, okay, that it wasn't always, you know, let me pay everything and then see what happens. That came with time. And then once I hit that point, I, I feel like I hit my stride and that seems to be a way that works well for me. And some of my risks have paid off. But, you know, if they don't, I'm not out here like in financial ruin. And the first time I did that and I found myself like, you know, it didn't work out, but I wasn't completely out here destitute. Then I was like, OK, well, yeah, this is a smart way to do it. OK, so, yeah, so it sounds like, um, you know, you might have had some times where you took a gamble on more than you could afford to gamble. Yeah. <laughs> or take, take a chance. <laughs> So your uh, risk-taking personality, has that always been the case? Or uh, like even when you were a kid, can you think of times when you were a kid where this was you? Yeah, I've always kind of been kind of fearless and just kind of stepped out there, you know, like, <laughs> like let's go. Mm. But, you know, one of the people <laughs> I keep in my circle a lot is my sister. She's actually, she's my sister, but she's also one of my, like, best friends. And she's very conservative that way. So, you know, when I decided, oh, I want to snowboard because I saw it and I went one time. She was like, okay, well, let's get you a helmet <laughs> and get you gear before you're just flying out. Let's find you some lessons. <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> so, wait, you snowboard? I do snowboard, yeah. <laughs> Wow, and that was a risk that you really wanted to to take. Yeah, I was old. And go out there. <laughs> like I was older when I decided to snowboard. Everybody else starts like in their twenties. I was thirty years old when I just picked up a snowboard and just like let's find a mountain and see what happens. You know. Oh wow, wow! And how did it work out? Like, are there any injuries to report, or were you like 
trying to enter some contest or something. I'm going to be honest with you. In the beginning, there was a lot of falling, like, you know, <laughs> there was a lot of ice packs and, you know, but now I'm okay. Like now I can go ahead and I'm not an expert level, but I can go have find a, like, you know, I go to Blue Mountain and like Bear Creek and I can go and have a good time and not come back and be like, I got to take two weeks off from work because I can't walk like mm. now I've reached that point right right, right. <laughs> yeah I would uh, I would encourage that because when you get older stuff takes a lot longer to heal yeah yeah it does <laughs> <laughs> yeah we don't got that bounce back like uh, the young people out there falling um, but you know you might miss work and that's a problem yeah <laughs> for sure so yeah that is definitely an example of risk and like you take some money you go buy a board because you got to buy a lot of stuff when you do that you got to buy like your sister said get some that was her (laughs) so they're like i have a snow i have two snowboards so it was the boards and then there were boots and a helmet and you know i bought crash pants in the beginning well my sister sent me several links and forced me to buy crash pants but i'm glad she did like (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so this this goes into one of the other personality characteristics of a risk taker they love finding the next adventure for risk takers no idea is too far out no risk too big their sense of adventure just takes over and they want in so they get excited about the possibility of something uh, sometimes even more than the the thing itself um, by the time they the deal plays out then they can move on to the next big idea yeah like when <laughs> so I first started are you like all right I've done it and now I can I can do something else <laughs> I usually stick with things for a while or I go back to them but yeah I'm always looking for the next thing to do <laughs> so what's next on your list what 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 thing is out there is this the travel thing that you're on now or do you have something else as well so my new thing is like you know I recently uh started running because I've decided I want to run one of these Disney have marathons because oh. they just seem amazing. Like you get to go to Disney World and run around. Like in my mind, it's going to be great. But <laughs> <laughs> but my sister again was like, "You can't just jump up and think you're going to run twenty some miles. <laughs> what are you thinking?" And I'm like, "Okay, you're right." So <laughs> wait, is it a full marathon or a half? A marathon? half marathon is what I'm trying to do first. So you know, I take. Okay. I do have a training coach and a running schedule now and things like that. (laughs) So you you, you were willing to commit to the process for sure. Yeah, I had like (laughs) one of the things about me and my risk taking once I decided because of the people I surround myself with, it is I do kind of now realize, okay, I have an idea, but there is a process. So it does kind of I do kind of look at the process now and be like, is this? Is this process worth the outcome? 90% of the time, I'm still like, yeah, I'm still doing it. But <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> nice. Well, when is the marathon? What's the date? So I'm trying to do it in August 2020. There is a, okay. uh, there's one, it's a Star Wars one, a Star Wars half marathon in Walt Disney World in Orlando. Mm-hmm. So hopefully, yeah. Okay. All right, so August of next year, that's gonna be hot too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In but I Florida. used to live in Florida, and for like a couple years, like maybe ten years. So you know, I'm not 
not used to the heat and things like that but I definitely uh my sister is now convincing me well you should try to run ahead she's she's fighting me on this 2020 date she's definitely fighting me on it (laughs) so I mean I I think as a half marathon that's what 13 miles you can you know you're training now you're gonna have to certainly you know hydrate well learn how to pace yourself and all of that good stuff but once it's over like you've accomplished a half marathon. That's kind of a big deal. Yeah, yeah. I'm definitely kind of like <laughs> she's like, well, let's let's see, let's do a trial run, maybe a five. And I was like, and I've done five Ks before. <laughs> so in my mind, I'm like, well, yeah, it's just like doing a couple five Ks together. And she's like, you're not thinking about this right. <laughs> <laughs> well, now how since this has kind of always been the case, what's the time where you could remember? your risk-taking personality um, not working out for you financially oh man (laughs) it definitely you know as I've gotten older I think the risks that I take are now more in my vein but in the beginning like or I guess early on a lot of the risks didn't work out for me you know like there was the risk where Mm. somebody offered me a job and I just you know leased my apartment sublet my apartment and moved to Charlotte and (laughs) Oh, (laughs) like I didn't think it all the way out. It was a job so I could find a place to live and crash on this person's couch and it's a new city. And I mean, you know, I had a great time, some great experiences, but in the end, it didn't really work out. And I had to end up moving back to Florida and like, you know, kind of figuring out how to move to get my apartment back or find another apartment. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that that would definitely uh, that's consistent with the risk taking personality. So uh, the one thing that can be said for risk takers, risk takers are not afraid to make decisions. Yeah, like, they don't waste a whole lot of time when it comes to money. They make a decision. They make it fast, which can really be a plus for especially for people who have a hard time making decisions. So I think the counterpart of this is the, is the person who's like the security seeker who is, you know, so cautious about money that they take forever to make a decision uh, versus the risk taker who's like, no, let's just do it. Let's see what happens. And the the security seeker is like, "Eh, I don't know. Let me think this through. Yeah, like there are, um, I guess, security seekers in the, the travel group I'm in. So like when I see a deal or I find someplace I want to go, I'm like, oh, I want to go. Let's let's go. And they're like, OK, well, wait, let's see what cheaper time of year. Let's check out some other flights. And I'm like, OK, OK, fine. Like, you know, yeah, <laughs> right. And, this, you know, when it comes to financial personalities, we, again, all have different ones and. Uh, each of them have value so there are times where the risk taker needs to rein it in times when the security seekers need to speed it up Um, and quite often we find ourselves in relationships with people with friends with significant others um, where they might have a different personality than you Um, so how have you learned to appreciate others and how they might function financially. I mean, I think uh, financially with others, I've kind of learned that, you know, the way I do things isn't the way that's going to work for everyone else. You know, my personality allows me to do this, but, you know, other people's personality does not. There are people in my inner circle are like, absolutely, definitely not doing this with you. What are you thinking? But... (laughs) (laughs) 
(laughs) And I've learned to see the value in that kind of like, well, what do you mean on what I'm thinking? And having to kind of explain it to them and see it through and talking to them about it helps me kind of see the value of what they were saying. Because I've been talked out of a couple of things, having to explain to them this have thought out plan where I've seen, okay, maybe maybe this risk isn't okay. I see your point here. You know, so right, right, right. that value has kept me out of a lot of risk that might not have worked well for me. And that value in people has allowed me to kind of like often seek out people who don't always see things the way I see them to give me more of a well-rounded view of what I'm doing and what's out there and what I could be doing. Gotcha. Yeah. I think, um, you know, you've learned and a lot of people haven't yet learned that. So, you know, people think that everybody's got to think like them and that's not the case. Like we have different personalities and God made us different for a reason. We all need each other. So there are times where the risk taker is going to be the anomaly in the group and sometimes it's going to be the dominant person. Um, but there's value in all of that. So I would definitely you to keep people around you some who are just like you because that kind of makes life fun where all of <laughs> everybody's like taking risks together uh, but then also at the same time there are people who who are able to go ahead and keep you from stumbling in ways that you uh, probably would have normally stumbled um, or lost a lot of yeah. money uh, in a lot of cases absolutely absolutely yeah, so I can see um, the benefit of that uh, in all of our lives. And when would you say that, or I would, I would actually, if you were giving advice to a younger person today um, who might be a risk taker, what advice would you give them? I think the uh, the best advice I could give to another risk taker is like, you know, you've got to learn what risk you can take. You've got to learn that don't bet the farm, you know, like, don't, I get you're excited. I definitely understand. You just want to go full force ahead, but you know, take care of what you have to, before you take this risk, you have to risk within your budget or your financial means. Right. Right. So stay within your means. Don't risk more than you can afford to lose. Um, Yeah. That makes complete sense. Uh, Cause I think sometimes when we're looking, back in the past uh, advice we would have wished we would have gotten or even listened to because sometimes you know when you're a kid you don't really listen to advice you can look back now and be like oh I see what they're talking about it's definitely 2020 (laughs) (laughs) exactly hindsight is 2020 so um, for a lot of us you know looking back in time we can be like oh yeah that probably didn't work out like I know times where I don't know that anybody would have been able to talk me out of it because I just, I needed to experience that. Um, Can you think of times where you've taken a risk and it might not have worked out and people even told you not to, but you still felt like I need to do this. Uh, Yeah. Like, you know, going to school, I think is a financial risk because you spend a lot of money to get a degree that may or may not pan out. Like, you know, like as far as like a job. So when I first, decided to go to Bethune-Cookman, you know, my whole family's in Philadelphia, my mom, 
everybody's here. My dad, my sister, like they're all here within like 20, 25 minutes of each other. So for me to decide to go mm-hmm. a thousand miles away where I knew no one in this city was a risk that I had to just kind of like step out and take. Could I have went to a closer school? Absolutely. Right. But I needed to experience that on my own, take that risk, see that I could do it, you know, and I did, but I needed to take that risk to really see what I was made of. Because with your family being so close to you, you know, you have that security blanket all the time, you know, and that experience right. really taught me exactly, you know, exactly what I was made of, what I was capable of. It taught me a lot about my financial independence and, you know, learning to be financially stable and be able to take care of my own finances. Because when you live which in a city with all your family, if it doesn't work out, you can just call an auntie or run to somebody's house or, you know, buy. Yeah. but to be somewhere where I didn't have that blanket, you know, yeah. it really kind of fortified my ability to be able to be independent financially and in other ways. Right, right, right. Yeah, that that loss of a safety net kind of forces you um, right. out there. And just to see, well, what exactly is in me? Um, and everybody's not built for that. Everybody's right. not willing to kind of take that risk. So I, I do commend you for that. How would you say that your faith has played a role in your financial life? The risk taking role in my financial life? Oh, man. Like, you know, <laughs> sometimes, you know, I have an idea and a lot of people are like, well, that isn't a smart financial idea. Like, I have a friend now who uh, owns a lot of rental properties and he's and I'm like, OK, I want to do it, too. Like, <laughs> but someone yeah. kind of had to reel me in and be like, well, you have to think about who are you investing with? Who are you going to do this with? What is your long term goal? Can you really afford two mortgages? And I'm like, OK, all right. <laughs> Thank, thanks for asking questions because sounds like that's what the risk taker needs they need somebody to ask questions right. and, oh. and it's tough to be a friend or be someone in the inner circle of a risk taker and ask these questions because I find it's not always what they're asking me but the way they're asking me is how I definitely plays a role in whether I can receive that information mm, right 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 so what is a way that you would be able to receive it I think the best (laughs) the best way people do it for me is first they acknowledge like okay I see you have an idea and it seems like a big one and it's not a bad one and then my ego strokes so I'm like okay well I can hear more of what you're saying (laughs) right 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 and then they can kind (laughs) of ask me a question and I'll be like okay well I thought this and they're like great but what about this? And then I'm like, okay. So it's kind of that if you stroke my ego first and then ask me a question that kind of like <laughs> allows me to explain it better instead of just shutting me down or being like, well, it's a bad idea. What about this? And I'm like, no, that's that's not what I'm doing. Right. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, that, that makes sense. I mean, that works for, for a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, you know, you catch more flies with honey. Absolutely, right? absolutely. For sure. Now, what I was um, also asking was what role has your faith played in your financial financial life? I mean, you know, I'm a firm believer in, you know, my God will not forsake me. God, you know, always has me under his umbrella. I am out here in the world with the armor of God on, as my mother would say. She's all 
right before I went out the house every day, she was like, you're covered with the blood of Jesus and fortified with the armor of God. So I always... <laughs> And it's as a, a kid, a way to leave the house. <laughs> yeah, as a kid, I was looking at it like, okay, mom, I'm just going to school. I don't need this. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like it, that matters. But as I grew older, I kind of understood exactly what she was trying to say to me. She was like saying, like, you know, I am praying for you that, you know, you're not out here alone, that there is something bigger and someone watching out for you, you know, and that fortified my faith. And, you know, sometimes like I'm all the way in a risk and I have to stop and I'm like, okay, let me pray about this. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, because sometimes you can get so excited, you forget to talk to the one who right. knows the outcome. <laughs> and I definitely believe God, like, you know, guides me and gives me, like, you know, signs and reasons and puts people in my life that help me not do what I want to do, but do what he wants me to do or wants me to be able to do, you know? Right, 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 right. And that I would think that's a, a, a mature way to to look at it because sometimes what we want to do is not always in alignment with what God wants us to do. And you know that um, old saying, they say, you know, things don't happen in your time, they happen in his time. And right. When a risk doesn't work out, I definitely think oh remember that. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, it's not what I want, it's what God wants. He has a plan. And if it's not for me, it's not for me. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Well, with that, there's always uh, for every personality type, there's a scripture that affirms that personality type. Um, so I want to read the affirmation scripture for uh, risk takers out there. Um, and it comes from Ecclesiastes 11, four through six. I'm going to read from the English standard version. And it says, he who observes the wind will not sow. And he who regards the clouds will not reap as you do not know the way the spirit comes to the bones in the womb of a woman with child. So you do not know the work of God who makes everything in the morning. sow your seed and at evening withhold not your hand for you do not know which will prosper this or that whether both alike will be good. And what that's basically saying is um, you're not going to get anywhere if you're always worried about what could happen so the first part of the, the he who observes the wind will not so basically meaning you're looking at all of the possibilities of what could go wrong uh, and then so you'll never sow anything you'll never make take a chance you'll never put seed in the ground uh, and he who regards the clouds will not reap where if you're you're wondering how this will will work out in the end but you're looking and say oh well it looks like the sky might uh, it might rain or it might be a storm coming. I better not do anything right. whatsoever. You'll never get a harvest um, yeah. from that. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, so there there is affirmation even in scripture um, for taking risks, and uh, also says that you don't know um, how you don't know the work of God or what God is doing or how He's going to do it or anything. <laughs> so uh, to to be super, super conservative all the time doesn't mean that you're doing what God wants you to do. I feel like every situation he's a God has placed me in, there has been a lesson there that has prepared me for that next step. So, you know, whether the lesson be you have to stop doubting yourself or know your value or you need to kind of calm down and be more thoughtful 
school and, you know, whatever the lesson has been, you know, I've been placed in that situation for a, for a reason. And that allows right. me to, when things don't work out, still not be deterred from doing something else. Right, right, right. So there's still, there's something in it. And right. If you were only worried about one particular outcome, you might actually miss what God was wanting to do right through you in that situation um so in the morning sow your seed and that evening do not withhold your hand for you do not know which way will prosper that's kind of a a a shout out to diversification so you know you do a little bit here you do a little bit there you have no idea which one of them is going to work out so um spread it out a little bit (laughs) yeah you know you gotta have your eggs in a bunch of baskets (laughs) right give it a little little space um so you can see what actually is going to prosper or maybe all of them will work out you don't know so uh, scripture does affirm um taking a risk uh and not just simply living in this super conservative existence but then at the same time uh, from a financial perspective we're also cautioned in mark 8 36 Um, For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? Um, So, yes, we can go out here and and make all kinds of money or get all kinds of accolade or have all kinds of experiences. But in the end, making making sure that our soul is okay is the ultimate goal. So, you know, we can't sell out uh, for, you know, the next big thing if it's going to mean that our soul is in jeopardy uh you know plenty of people who've taken risks and made deals with the devil so to speak or even literally who knows but yeah. um <laughs> there are people who have definitely sold themselves sold their soul out for the sake of uh taking a risk that they feel like was worth uh their soul um and then it ends up not being the case um that is you know a lesson that i think uh, everybody needs to learn simply because we don't always talk about the condition of our soul. So if it's not going to, if it doesn't sit well with you, uh, right. if you know the person that you're doing business with is not on the up and up, um, if you just have a really, really bad feeling, this could very well be God saying, listen, I know this looks promising. I know this looks like it could be a, a great reward, but I'm telling you something's off here. And I'm- Uh, And it may not even be that the person is bad. Uh, It may just be that this is not the opportunity for you. I've walked away from experiences because they just didn't feel right to me. Like it just felt wrong. All the pieces were there. It looked amazing and I was full too. But at some point, something just said, this isn't it. Stop where you're at. And I firmly believe it was God. And some of those situations worked out for other people. And, you know, but as I talk to them and you know they that old saying you know you never know what somebody had to do to get what they've got and as I talked to them Mm -hmm. and I've explained to them I was like okay what they did to get that is not who I am that's not who I was raised to be that's not in my moral code that is not what I am comfortable doing and it's like an affirmation or an like it affirms that if it don't feel right don't do it god is always out here guiding my steps so if he's telling me that's not the step you should take and he's and i have that in my spirit i can't do it right right and that's that that's the key to if you're going to take a risk then you also have to be obedient to how god is leading because right. everything you want to do isn't necessarily 
good for you. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we got to be humble enough to admit that. Um, and I do think that that takes maturity over time and probably some experiences that where you could be like, you know what? That wasn't a good idea. I, mean, uh, I actually wrote about some of that in my own book, uh, Money on Purpose, about experiences where um, I didn't, I just, I was all in. Yeah on uh, a business opportunity and it ended up being terrible uh, a terrible idea for me for other people it was just awful but um it was it was a lesson i needed to learn of where i was spiritually so you know being in my 20s at the time i was you know a young financial planner i was a young business person and i was just like yeah i'm gonna do this but i needed i needed that exposure to know that what my heart wants is not always what's best for me and that's something um, where like you know you want it so bad but it's this one nagging thing that's being like don't do it and sometimes i'm not always able to pinpoint what that one thing is but as i've grown and matured i learned i don't have to pinpoint it if it feels wrong regardless of whether i can exactly put my finger on the reason but i feel that wrong strong enough accept it and move on because it's not my reason why it's wrong it's God's reason right right and that's where faith comes in because faith is um you know believing the things that you can't necessarily see like I might not be able to articulate this but all I know is I can't do it that's what I know um so yeah I I definitely would agree um with that you got to be able to to let God be God and even if you can't explain it, just know you're not trying to forfeit your soul for the sake of making a couple dollars. Right. It's not worth it at all. Um, so amen to that. Um, so, yeah, with that, I want to thank you so much for um, hanging out with us today on Seeking First. Um, I will make sure uh, that we get this out expeditiously so that people can hear. Um, thank you guys for, for listening and for always joining us. Be sure to tune in for our next episode where we're going to talk to the spenders of the world, those who love to spend money. Um, this has been the risk-taking episode, and I pray that you have gleaned something from this. Tamara, again, thank you for your time. Uh, we'll, I'll go over to TJ Maxx and blame you the next time I buy something, so thanks a lot for that. <laughs> uh, and <laughs> I will talk to you and everybody else. All right. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Thank you.